Cool. Welcome everyone to uh, Conversation Times. This is Nick. Um, he's an American living in Europe, and we met while I was living in America. And um, yeah, we've had some good conversations before. Uh, yeah. I know he's got some interesting views, but and um, yeah, I look forward to discussing about what's been happening. This has been a crazy week this last week, but I'm sure like people who've been following this closely um, will know that I mean, there's been it's a lot has been building up to this point and hopefully we can try and do it justice by trying to break down some of the little things and you're showing how it's not as simple as everybody thinks maybe um it is quite complicated but then also i do want to preface as well like we do condemn any violence like and we do want people to stay peaceful and respectful towards each other um i mean that's the whole point of this this podcast and uh conversation times is to create conversation around a range of topics not only politics and world issues but um just to uh just have reasonable conversation with each other and kind of move forwards as society like together like just having good conversations and debates you know cool um so i don't know where should we start like um i think you'll Let's just, I guess, like, you'll briefly summarize. Okay, so not last week, obviously, there was a massive Trump uh, rally in Washington, D.C. January 6th, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the reason why there was a protest was obviously a lot of people were believing that the, there was a lot of election fraud. Um, and, uh, but like for me, what I've also seen is, is a lot of people aren't there just because of election fraud. A lot of people are there because they felt disenfranchised by the political establishment within Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I know. What's your thoughts on like, I guess, just the just even like the other rat, the protest happening in the first place? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I think. Um, protests happen when people want to be seen and heard mm-hmm. um, in 2020 in the States um, you know after George Floyd died um, you know all sorts of protests some were peaceful some were not um, some some um, you know were within the First Amendment right to protest and to assemble some moved beyond that into violence, into burning of cities, um, vandalizing, looting, all that stuff. Um, if you yeah. guess. Um, so <clears throat> I think the reason, um, and I, I think I'm sure it was President Trump who um, is the one who called for the January 6th rally. Off yeah. the top of my head, I don't remember. But, um, you know, he whether you agree or disagree with him um he hasn't felt i think he hasn't felt heard um and um there are a lot of people who feel the same way and so i believe that the intention of january 6th was for people to mobilize um not violently um but to come together and share you know, to speak up, to, to, to share their support, you know, um, like there are all kinds of protests all the time in DC. Um, only if you make the news, usually when something crazy happens like January 6th. Um, so I think that's, that, that's the reason. Um, but yeah, people, 
there's a there's a very significant and heart-wrenching polarization yeah that is happening within that has happened and that we're in the midst of in the states politically um 10 to 12 years ago um even maybe 15 years ago um the the left and the right wing in there's been a lot of changes but especially um the left um there has been um just uh there used to be a lot of common values and so it um it's changed and so um people have felt some of some are just worn out some it's, it's caused them to double down on certain on certain traditional beliefs they've had others um who are a little more um who think differently who are a little more radical um or just have different ideas some yeah. i think are harmful for the country <laughs> um yeah. have um have promoted for a different sort of thinking and ultimately i think what's resulted is you have the left and the right have two very different visions of America, of what it is now and what it should be in the future. Um, that's so. That's I think yeah. a lot of the tension boils down. Yeah, definitely. It's the polarization is a huge issue, and I, uh, I will come back to your. I, I think people are you who think that you're some of America's potential enemies in the world, like. Um, people who think that they're not involved with like pushing the polarization on online and on social sure. media, I think you're that's probably quite an ignorant way of thinking because I definitely think that polarization in America is to, to advantage of the enemies in the in the world. Sure. So that that is definitely also a factor within which is caused this kind of polarization. Uh, one thing that I want to you'll kind of um get out quickly as well is, is it's not necessarily the issue that there's these two groups who have like you'll kind of have different common values um i think the kind of like the main pillar and like the core of where the issue is started is uh the breakdown in tolerance and respect of people who have other values to themselves Definitely. and not then they're not having reasonable dialogue and reasonable debate and dismissing other people's without really even you're considering or you're allowing them to have a voice and um we might have confirmation confirmation by a slightly I, I don't know am i correct in saying that you're probably a little bit more lean right leaning i, I am yeah um, it's so a lot of my values so i would say so for to, for to disclose who and what has shaped a lot of my values so yeah I'm, you know, I'm a Christian, um, uh, uh, Bible believing, um, Holy Spirit inspired sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, um, Christian, um, I believe. So there, there are certain biblical values that I think are, that I try to live by and that I believe God established, um, that if we adhere to that no matter who you are, like government just works either better or in some cases best. Yeah. Um, when certain principles are, are adhered to. Um, so there's, so there's that. So like faith wise, but then there's also, I listen a lot to 
um, a few different, I don't know if you call them itinerant ministers, but just some different, um, uh, some different ministers who speak into things from a biblical perspective, like, you know, um, one I'll mention is the Family Research Council. Um, they lobby, like their biggest fight is for religious liberty, just mm-hmm. seeing that the First Amendment religious liberty is is honored in, in the states, <clears throat> in our government. Um, uh, so I don't have, what else? There's um, just some other ones. Just yeah, but that's really fair. Value, yeah, the Constitution, um, the, the Constitution, um, is is a is a foundational document of our yeah. nation and um and that sort of thing so i'm more um i do lead more conservative more conservatively there um so outside of the christian sphere um ben shapiro mm-hmm. with the daily wire um his values so he's an, he's a practicing orthodox jew who has more libertarian views and so while i i can't say that i i agree with libertarians on everything there are some common values i have with them um some things i don't think are compatible with um, your faith my faith yeah Yeah. definitely but i i do think there are some as far as how governing should go i think there's some things that are compatible i think ben is he's very he's very intelligent and he also tries to present things like he he, and he admits he has his own biases we all do Mm. um but i think he uh, our, our sense of morality is very similar. <clears throat> and so, and he, and so that is woven into his commentary. Um, and so when he says something is evil or good, like mostly, most time we'll agree. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we'll disagree. That's a fair view. Like, I mean, I think you're, I am, uh, I'm similar to you in a way. Uh, I probably differ on a few different things. Like I, I would say you'll, I have conservative Christian values and morals um but then like you're splitting off from that like you're i try and like align obviously i try and align stuff with um um with my principles and values um but like politically i think people find me to be a little bit of a uh, a bit of a weird anomaly because like i have i have like conservative values and conservative ideas about certain things right um, I also share like some libertarian ideas. Um, there's some things like when it comes to government, where like I think on a personal level, like morally and things, where I, um, oh, oh, what's maybe not more? Yeah, morally, I would say personally, on moral, like your thing would be wrong for me personally. But I understand there are people that like think differently to me, like and where where it doesn't you'll affect other people and it's just their own personal choice and lifestyle choice like i take a look like politically i take a little bit more of a libertarian stance where sure. similar to ben shapiro i think in a way he's changed in and like how you i know if you talk about for example um uh your people in the lgbt your q community is like i oh like, and just pre-preface it as well is, is i have quite a lot of friends in that your um, community actually sure. which I get along with really well because we actually you know, have respect for each other and we have mm-hmm. good conversation I, I love them they're, yeah. they're great uh, and I d- that doesn't mean I have to agree with them on everything and that doesn't mean they have to agree with me on everything right. um, and of, you know, I don't know um, but yeah that's kind of me and then also I do 
like have what are probably considered a, f- a couple of more liberal leaning ideas um whereas like i i think i think i think you're the uh i, I want to be careful what i'm saying because there's lots of different ways of doing this the same thing and i probably right. disagree with some people of doing the same thing but when it comes to like i i probably am for universal health care okay. um but and the the way in which it you know it's being trying to be done currently by some people within the u.s government i probably disagree with slightly sure um and then also like obviously i live in the uk with the nhs which has we have like a national health service which you know i can say not from my personal experience but from family members experience has been really great uh probably saved my dad's life um and you they have a great service and i have a lot of respect to the doctors and nurses that work for them uh i do still have an issue with how the, the system is run though because it's it's very inefficient um okay. like just to you know, briefly touch on it like we're not going to go too in depth on it but um you the nhs is split up into different trusts okay. um and then like those trusts are almost run independently and like each trust is responsible for sourcing their own resources i believe Unless, like, it's you know, there are some things that, um, uh, obviously internationally sourced, like vaccines currently is a big topic, but uh, not internationally, nationally, even. But, um, the issue with that is, is you're there's some trusts that are buying, uh, you're the same product at different prices, some are paying less and some are paying more, and it's just really inefficient. Um, yeah, there's a lot of I can go into that a bit, but not. Uh, that's not what we're going to be talking about today um so like that's i guess like me like my viewpoint is i think i'm quite central um and i can relate to a lot of people and i've heard a really good analogy this week is you know which i feel describes me quite well is is sometimes when i whenever if i'm talking to someone on the right I sometimes think feel that I'm quite left, but if I'm talking to someone on the left, they feel like I'm quite on the right. And sure. apparently, so if you have like, so if this is the center and this is the left and the right, so if the person here, if they're looking this way, I look quite right to them. Sure. Um, yeah, and this person on the right, and they're looking this way, I look quite on the left. Right. I'm like, so your people who are on the left and the right, or like quite, you're quite getting further out. You know, when they look to the middle, they you'll think that they're on the other side, but they're actually probably not. Like they have, yeah. and I think even people on the left and the right, they probably have more common values that can you know, unite them than actually divide them. Like I think, yeah. like that's and that's the, one of the goals that I want to get across is I don't want I want pe- to draw people away from extremism basically. Yep. Um. Anyway, that's me, but um back to like i guess like this polarization i guess and that's i uh, um i think you're from both of us we've got quite a lot of people that we know and ourselves who kind of like move within more right-leaning circles um i know plenty of people who are more willing to have reasonable conversations and debates and i've met quite a lot of people on left like that as well uh, typically people who are more classical liberal or even you know, I mean this one youtuber I follow who's he's actually more of a social liberal uh, you know well um, Joe Rogan's a good example actually of right. a social liberal as well that I really respect yeah. um, another guy's Tim Pool yeah. Um, yeah 
and they're really like interesting is, is I, I mean, to be honest I actually even disagree on some of their stances sometimes um which some of their stuff I don't know yeah anyway um and I love like that kind of like new community that's kind of being formed online of these people who are like the almost like what are called the like the people like to call the new middle or yeah. what um but it's some people like to refer them to as the silent majority as well but the silent majority doesn't mean that it's the silent majority that voted for trump necessarily sure. it's just the you know, you they they're just willing to have conversations that's what i mean i guess and i think the silent a lot of their voices are not really being heard by a lot of more of the mainstream media and i don't want to like sure. bash on the mainstream media like a lot of people do because um i do have a lot of respect for some of them <clears throat> Um, some of them I don't. I'm not yeah. going to name them right now. Like maybe we can get into that later. Um, I mean, in the UK we have the BBC, and I've some indeed seen some really great reporting work from them, and like yeah. actual kind of like <laughs> be neutral work. Um, but um, at the same time, I have also seen the BBC do stuff that I'm like, okay, that was not great reporting, or like yeah. not very balanced. Um, but um, yeah, that's I guess what I'm seeing at the moment um and then but i think the the main one of the issues of the polarization is, is a lot of the mainstream media companies in america <clears throat> have been um more supportive of uh more leftist uh, ideals but within saying that i also do want to say that fox news has also been part of that problem more on the right and uh, I saw a really good good meme this week, actually, of like this guy who uh, was saying, "Yo, there's a picture of a guy and then the Republican elephant and the Democrat donkey," and the guy was you're know, saying, "Do a civil war," and like the guy represented CNN, your know, Fox News, ABC, all the like mainstream media, and it's just like I feel the mainstream, a lot of the mainstream media has done a lot of damage in terms of actually just adding fuel to the fire. Sure. makes sense and yes maybe some have done more damage than others but i think all of them are guilty um and but um then also like just to balance it out there are people on the right that i've seen who keep coming out with especially like q and conspiracy theories yeah. and i'm like like it's yeah. just it's just not realistic i'm just like they just are so out of touch with reality and i'm just like so there is also that that element on the right where there's people who I found most of them to be quite reasonable towards me, but that's probably just because I'm I try to be reasonable and respectful towards them. Yeah. But as soon as they encounter something, I don't know. Some of the boss, well, I, I can say this. Like I, I have encountered a few who not not QAnon's conspiracy theorists, but some people who are more right leaning, who like a very aggressive in their approach and okay. not helpful either but i don't know yeah i guess you can just expand on your experience with all that as well sure um as, as for the polarization i would say um there needs to be an intentional there needs to be an, an infusion of intentionality into mm. to wanting to have a conversation a civil conversation um one of the things i i don't listen so much anymore but <clears throat> before um 
yeah, before I moved to Europe, um, for a good year, year and a half, um, I would listen pretty frequently to Ben Shapiro's, they're called Sunday specials. Mm-hmm. And in those, he sits down and he, and he has a conversation with someone. And sometimes it's someone he agrees with. They have common values. Sometimes it's someone they have very little in common. And what Ben has said is um, the purpose of those is not to create an echo chamber, but mm. it's to talk about ideas and to let them be heard. So Ben will ask them some questions and then he'll just let, he'll give them space to share. And um, it's, it's really something, you know, for example, so Ben Shapiro, right? Orthodox Jew, um, conservative, a leader in, in shaping conservative um, thinking, um, especially among young people right now, um, was able to sit down with Sam Harris, who is probably the, the preeminent atheist philosopher alive today. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Ben was clear and, and respectfully saying, you know, there's very little we have to agree with on, on, you know, certain areas of, of, um, you know, our origins, um, kind of the nature of humanity, all that sort of thing. But the thing that they do have in common is they, they can be civil to one one another. And so they were able to debate. Um, some people would, would call it fruitless. Other people like, I sometimes I think just interesting to listen, to hear what people have to say. Um, and so, I just, I think that's a real, um, that's a real commentary on, um, you know, these people who, again, or, or Joe Rogan, right? He's, he's, he's more left. He's been able to be on Ben's show. Mm-hmm. Joe, like, thing about Joe, I like, I mean, I don't, <laughs> there's like plenty of things. Like, I remember once he's like, he's like, what was it? It was like, he was saying, like, my advice is, that people just shouldn't get married at all because it's so like, cause it's like bound to fail. I'm like, I don't think that's good advice, but at the same time, like, um, you know, he's not my, you know, I don't assign him that place in my life, um, to, to speak into that area of my life, but, um, he's able to say other plenty of other things. Cause he listens and, he, and he's just honest. He shares, he shares his thoughts. Yeah. Um, so he might not be the great influence on some people, but he, he like, he has some, some great ideas and he's able to sit down, with someone like Ben who like, again, Ben is a Jew, faithful yeah. Jew. And, and, and Joe's like, I don't get that. Like, um, you know, faith wise or, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so again, just to say that when we, cause there's this, there's a cancel culture that has developed. Um, I've noticed that even in me, sometimes there's a sense to, there's a sense of um, wanting to cut someone off when when you know whether you're a christian or not um yeah. whether you know him or not when you have when you disagree and yeah it reminds me of um so one of the pastors we had i mean so this this i think this principle applies whether you're a christian or not um so one of the pastors <clears throat> we had at our ministry school um chris Valentin, he talked about he believes that the church is going through a, tr- a transition where um, they used to divide along doctrine. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, since the, since the Roman Catholic church and the Protestant reformation 
over 500 years ago, you know, he's saying how many, his question was how many times has the Catholic church split since then? And granted, there are some different ideas within the Catholic church, but you know, the answer is they haven't really. Um, Whereas on the Protestant side, you know, there are thousands upon thousands of different separate denominations denominations. And so he was saying that for them, they were dividing along doctrine. And he's saying that what he believes the church is doing and, and also needs is rather than revolving around doctrine, revolving around a sense of family and a sense of belonging. Because for those who believe in Jesus, for those who believe that they're that that um, uh, he's brought them into unity and a family together, you know, there is there's it's um there's a there's a sense of there's a sense of connection um there so it's it's kind of like you know you can have in a different sense biologically you can have a father and a son can have can have disagreements um of of, of thought on, on whatever topic but that doesn't change who they're related to yeah and i so, can i can vouch for that me and my dad yeah. disagree all the time but like <laughs> we got along we got along great <laughs> yeah and so i think so what so again whether you're christian or not i think the sense of um community the sense of community and yeah, yeah. And there there needs to be there needs to be because it's so there's this there's this again this cancel culture you know um mm-hmm. so and so whether it's true or not too, like sometimes the things that people are being, are being uh, excommunicated for, yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're sometimes are very silly things. Um, and no, that, another, yeah. another flip side of that as well. Sometimes someone said one silly thing and stupid thing and made a mistake in their life. And then just because based off that one thing, no one takes notice of anything else they've said. Even though the other things that they yeah. said, like, can actually be quite beneficial and quite good, um, and I guess that's why there's this like kind of big, big mate, new movement online based around people like Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, uh, the Weinstein brothers. I, I don't know if you know Eric, Eric and Brett mm-hmm. Weinstein. Uh, yeah. Sam Harris is included. I would include in that as well. Right. Like, of people who have vastly different ideas but can get along and be civil and work together. Jordan um, Peterson. Oh yeah, that's yeah. one I was gonna, I was going to just bring Peterson. that up as well. I watched a yeah. great video debate where I think it was Brett Weinstein moderated Jordan Peterson versus Sam Harris, yeah. and it, it was so good just because it was so refreshing how like respectful they were, and like for me, I feel like watching conversations like that like strengthens me because I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Like that kind of opens up a new area for me to explore in my mind and be like kind of form a view or. Um, and this is the thing is, is with with some topics i don't think um i don't think it's you know i, do, I don't actually have like full-on like oh i think this is definitely fact for me personally it's just like i have different ideas but i'm not really sure what's exactly true um and that comes that i think people people become obsessed with you know everything being black and white in society and in politics and everything yeah and the reality is, is it's not as black and white. I'm not talking about all subjects. There are obviously some subjects which are quite black and white. But um, the reality is, is that um, 
human but the, there's you know humans are individuals and every, each individual is slightly different and therefore like i mean going back to i guess the protest as well you can't classify your know, people by the group they're in the group they're in you can to a bit like understand some ideas they might share but they might share it they might be different um and um I think I have this. I have an issue with people, like especially the media, where they report on like all, like you know, classify and represent all protesters in a certain way or not. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can go back to. There's been a bit of like a, um, um, unfair, um, representation in the media, which has been felt by a lot of people, especially the fr frustration of the protesters and you know i would say also some well this is the thing is there were protesters on uh the sixth and there were rioters there were there, right. there were definitely separate groups um but we can go more into dive more into that in a second um oh, what was i saying um yeah i think you'll you just have to realize this is that you know a lot of the people have different opinions and, and oh i was going to say about the you know the media uh, unfair representation on different protests is with this protest they they obviously showed the right which is the main focus right. but they 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 didn't really split it down into oh here was the riot and here was the pe massive peaceful protest over here with which those people weren't involved with the riot before, yeah and also <laughs> and yeah that happened before also they didn't show where Okay, I'm going to go more into actually what happened within the riot in the capital now, I guess. Um, like, they didn't show the videos where there were some protesters or, or people that got caught up in the riot who were actually pulling people away from, like, trying to smash doors or smash windows, people who actually got taken out by Trump supporters. And, you know, so th that's what I'm saying is, is it, it's a, this gr the group that was actually on the Capitol was vastly more mixed and um, yeah. than has been portrayed. Um, all that I've seen so far in the news was, was all the the, your, the violence, the breaking down of doors, breaking down of a window, people going in. Um, and it's that devastating that people have died. Like I know that one police officer died and then also that woman who got shot and... And it was bizarre to me that they said like four uh, people had died, and then there was a three. There was a three people that for days, like people like, wait, how did those three people die? And it came out later that I think it was like medical uh, deaths. Like, I think you know, yeah, like one had a heart attack, one had a stroke. I'm not sure what happened to the other one. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely yeah sure, but they classed them as deaths as a result of the riot, and I was like, that's a bit misleading. But anyway. Well, um, yeah, I think I think they're saying so. They they weren't. They probably should have clarified. They weren't. They weren't assaulted. Yeah. Or, but they. But it could be that they weren't. They didn't receive the medical attention that they, sh they, that could, they could have, have had. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's <clears throat> just it's just like because that information. Um, the media wasn't reporting on that information or putting that in any of their reports. It was just like okay, like. How did those people die? And then when it came out that they died of medical rule, um, uh, medical emergencies, I was um, like, so wait, were they even actually part of the riot? Was it like the people blocking like a road, which meant that ambulance couldn't get through? Like, right. like I mean, it's unfortunate all that happened, but right. yeah, it's just it's it's terrible. But um, yeah, anyway, the media was showing all this craziness happening, but they weren't showing where there were people 
try and break down a door or break a window and then the crowd and like pulled that person off and then sure. like actually you'll i don't know if they i don't know what happened afterwards to the people that were trying to do that um and then also like the videos i've seen of the police literally opening up barriers and your doors for protesters to get inside that was really like uh, so there was i agree that there was the violent aspect of people breaking and entering and stuff but there was this other side where sorry there's like flies flying around me that's why i'm keep going you're good, you're good. <laughs> um um yeah they, they didn't show the flip side of like where there were people who were stop trying to stop the violence as well as police opening the doors and laying people in which was really sketchy to me i don't know why that was happening um I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. So I'm not familiar with. Um, so let me let me just say this. So I've heard that people are saying that police let people through. Um, I haven't seen. I'm not saying that there isn't footage of that. Um, I haven't seen it myself, so I can't really speak into it. Um, I would I would caution those listening who believe there's some sort of conspiracy. I agree. Yeah. Were involved. I, I don't think. I don't think. Because I, I do know of, uh, somebody was suggesting to me I, um, that a, that an officer there was, it was footage of of um, of an officer, a Capitol police officer, trying to hold back the crowd, and then he turned, he dropped his baton, picked it up, and he ran up the stairs as he was reporting his position. Um, the person. It was some like they're supposed to be. It was some like supposedly some former military comment commentary whatever but they were saying oh no this this off this officer is leading them up the stairs and i'm like no oh, he's, he's, uh... he's calling in his position like he's he's running because he's trying to stay ahead of the crowd um it you know. yeah that's that's yeah that's very misleading like <clears throat> i think yeah i agree with you is um my personal opinion and thoughts of it is, is maybe they opened some of the doors because um they were afraid they felt you know because they felt so overwhelmed that yeah, like that's have... that might be a reason that's the only like fair well one of the f things that i consider i don't know if that's actually the case i'm sure there'll be lots of investigations yeah. um obviously i heard that the police officer who shot through the door that had killed that woman he got uh suspended at least didn't he um uh, you know i don't know i've been trying to find out what happened to him because i've watched I watched several different compilations of, of what happened, trying to make sure, or try, try to understand from, from my from my perspective. You know, was it a justified shooting or not? Was it, was it, what you know, what was it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what I, I don't know, and it may be that. Um, I think that the in the states at least the policy of some police departments is to, um, if if there is an officer involved shooting the person is placed on some sort of leave, um, you know, while things are investigated. I don't know if that is the case in, in this I case. I think that's, I think that's what's probably happened. I just heard a report. I don't know if it's disciplinary that, yeah. or not. So, yeah, but I mean, obviously there's gonna be so many investigations and arrests still to be made. Um, but, um, I was going to say quickly, but what, what I, I'm just kind of like bringing some of this stuff up, like, I guess, like, obviously like, um, that woman who got shot and everything and then because i saw a lot of people on twitter and on social media just sharing like images of like oh like look at like how the police were so relaxed with the trump supporters versus right. the black lives matter protests um 
And I mean, there was definitely a difference in terms of like numbers and what force. Like, I think I think they had national guards stationed on the steps and things for the Black Lives Matter, and then they didn't for um, the Trump protests. Which I d- I don't know. Well, it just did look like they were severely un un uh, undermanned, um, which is definitely a bit controversial. But the thought that the police were like a lot less like uh, vi- um not necessarily violent. What's the right word? Um, um they they thought they thought that they were more restrained sure. with the trump supporters is not necessarily backed up by well i mean yeah. this one got shot like yeah. um so and and she was white. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she was like so uh and then you're also they used use tear gas inside the building they literally i don't know if you've heard of this but they um, used. I mean, it was reported, it was reported everywhere that they used the tear gas inside. Was it the? Is it the tundra or something? I can't remember. The rotunda. The rotunda. Yeah, that's it. And um, you're. I was hearing from some reporters about how they were literally seeing bodies being dragged out. Not bodies. People being unconscious, being dragged out of the rooms like that. Because the reality is, what you when you release tear gas into a confined space in a room indoors, is that your people start suffocating and pass out, um, which is quite scary. So, I just want to bring that kind of balance because the reality is, is they were confronted quite heavily. Like, yes, I can agree that there was a maybe an imbalance in maybe the sheer number of like law enforcement there. Um, it could have been a possibility that there was a threat assessment done, and they thought that they weren't as much of a threat because they uh, typically right the Trump protesters didn't have a history of being violent and aggressive to, and having destruction of property. Right. And but maybe that's why I can understand why that's maybe a case. So if um, if I can interject really quick, so I think it is important to to know. So I remember um, when I first. I think you're onto something. Um, when I first started following politics and seriously, it, which was in 2016, I remember seeing a political cartoon following a riot at Berkeley uh, in California. And <laughs> the, the header that somebody wrote above it had to do, no, it was a question. That's it. And, and, the question was, you know, what is the last conservative riot that you can remember? Mm-hmm. And I would say that um, typically, I mean, this is the first, like, uh, I mean, the, the race protests aside, because it's because that could, you know, who knows, like, you know, all sorts of people, I'm sure, participated in those. Yeah. But as far as an actual mobilization of a particular of of people with conservative values um they don't the 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 right doesn't protest or 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 rather hasn't protested in the last um i don't know how many years um and again you know some may think uh and when i say the right i'm not saying so like if uh i'm not including i don't include white supremacists and i don't include the Mm alt-right in 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 them so like there have been a few like tiny gatherings of the of the of the the fragment of society that they are yeah but as a whole like the the um the the right does not come together and so for for this really this this january 6th 
um, this 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 I think peaceful protest that was planned. Um, it really was the, agi- the 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 fraction of the agitators um, uh, that really ruined it for yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah. And, and and we can agree. Like, I think we both, both can agree. Is, is it the same thing happened with the Black Lives Matter protests? Is the majority of people involved with them were peaceful, but then there were agitators involved. Yeah. Where, um, uh, you ruined it for the rest of them. And we, we're not gonna. I don't think we have time now to really go into the the. I guess the bait on the whole Black Lives Matter and all that no, because that's, that's not different. what we're going to talk about. Sure. But um, I'm just kind of like making the co- your comparison because a lot of people online have been making a lot of comparisons, and I I I think you I can agree with people. Yes, like this your um because a lot of people just briefly touching on that kind of uh, debate that's been going on for the last uh, I don't know eight months or so. Um, well, I mean it's going been going on for longer than that, but it's been you're in the public eye a lot again. Um, they, um, um, don't worry. Um, they, um, just like to briefly touch on it, like a lot of people like from the Black Lives Movement were saying that there were right-wing people like going in like ag- agitators and making things worse. And I actually, I would say, I agree that there probably were, but I also say, there are also you're on the other flip side the more extreme left yeah. that were also being agitating and i would say the same thing happened with the riot on um on capitol hill um is the reality is is you're like i was saying earlier is is this massive group was made up of lots of individuals and some of those individuals unfortunately have more extreme views and are more extreme yeah. than others um so i do believe that like a lot of agitators the people who are being more violent were uh, were definitely more f- extreme right and definitely more extre- there were definitely extreme leftists there too um sure. i do i mean that brings us kind of onto the subject of antifa a bit um because i mean some people believe like antifa is just uh, you'll know, say antifa is just this idea it's not movement or whatever no. but i yeah i would say like i mean you'll just look at like joe biden has people also accuse joe biden of not having uh, condemned them and he has actually uh, condemned them on multiple occasions um um but like that's i guess that's like just trying to bring a balance as well because i feel like the right is like joe biden hasn't condemned antifa i'm like actually there's videos of him and there's also videos of trump condemning people like the proud boys and all that so like it's just like okay both but anyway um what i find interesting is is you know, the last time there were protests in DC was massive. There was lots of confrontation between the Trump supporters and the like Antifa, your know, gangs and mobs as well. Um, well, what was fascinating? I mean, I've heard of reports of people claiming that there are actually public posts or like uh, posts and organization by Antifa to blend in with the Trump crowd and co- agitate the whole situation, and make them look sure. bad. I've heard those reports. I'm not sure about the credibility. But right. what what is a big red flag and like what is curious to me is that the fact that of the day, like you're usually like Antifa always ha- or, like has or the more extreme left always has an anti a counter protest there, but there wasn't. So where like literally it's almost like you know every time there's like a big Trump rally or something like that, there's without exception there's always been quite a bit there. Your know, organized counter protest, but there wasn't. So where was that counter protest? Like that's really suspicious to me. Um, 
so yeah i agree that with a lot of people that yes that people are probably there like agitating and making it look worse as well um but then also there was like extreme right right people there as well which made it worse and i think even the people involved with going into the capital and storming the capital some people just got caught up in the moment i think yeah and I think a lot. I think a lot of people got caught up in the moment and didn't realize really that they were committing a big crime and it's just a bad idea. And in my opinion, it's put a big like, like big scar and like big dent in the MAGA image and the whole Trump support image. Not that I mean, not that like Trump with some of his rhetoric has done that much favors in the past, but like for me, like with that happening like it's it's i feel like it's damaged the maga brand and image beyond repair to the point where like i think now you know the the whole because i guess we can, we can talk a lot about like anti-establishment establishment like washington dc being out of touch as well but um before we go into that like i guess yeah just share what you've, you've your thoughts on what i've just shared i guess <laughs> i don't know if you have um uh, let's see here i don't i mean is there something specific um i think i mean make america great again is it's like this is a great um I'm taking this from oh what's his name uh i can't remember his was it mark driscoll so i, I think it was mark driscoll um Pasta. he did a yeah, Pastor Mark Driscoll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In July, he did a he did a he did a message discussing uh, the or, like Black Lives Matter, etc. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is I liked how he distinguished saying there there is there's a message and there's a movement. You know, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. That's a great message. And then there's a movement there, and then, so make America great again, right? Um, that's, there's a message and then there's a movement and the, the thing is, is the, what the movement, what those movements, but, um, focusing on, on, on mega, what the movement is versus what the movement has been characterized to be, I think, depending upon your circle and the media outlets and sometimes maybe the friends that we hear people read things say things um so they can't be more different yeah um i remember reading i don't remember and and again some of these might just be fringe fringe people that i'm referring to i don't know how widespread this this thinking is because i know there are a lot of people i probably i've indulged in a little more media than definitely than the average person over the last few years. Um, So it it may have kind of warped my perception of just how common some of this thinking is. But I mean, I I know that there were some people like when they see the red mega hat, they, they automatically assign it to something racist, to something that hates is either hates or is afraid of immigrants. That is um, just, um, demeaning or I don't know, like, um, and I, I, and I think that's sad, um, (laughs) because I think, I think make America great again. If you, if you take that at face value, it, it's sounds to me like something that we could come together 
in unity yeah you know um about like you know let's let's fix the brokenness in our country yeah um you know. i mean you, you could say the same about black lives matter as exactly. well exactly. exactly the flip side slip of that is true as well like there's a lot of people who would be like uh uh i guess uh not all republicans i don't want to make that generalization but that also when they see like a black lives matter flag or like a black square on someone's instagram or whatever they instantly like have that same kind of reaction you were just like talking about like you're all know like they're out there to take away what i've worked for or whatever or um they're a threat to me and i'm like right or they're or they're yeah. all marxists like yeah like, exactly which is definitely not true which is not true like yeah. there there is you know their founders have their documented talking about marxism but that doesn't mean that every person who uses the hashtag blm or, or has gone to a rally is like a is a secret marxist you know yeah exactly that's stupid uh but also just to touch on that as well, um, like there's also a big difference. The issue is, is you know, a lot of people, I think the Black Lives movement itself is much bigger than the Black Lives organization, which is very, the organization is the Marxist ideas and um, well, a very polit political. They're not, this is my, the, the issue is, is when it's become political. And the issue right. is, is a lot of people part of the movement were uh, uh, and are still quite ignorant of this association and how that's not helpful to the movement and that's actually tarnished the movement. Right. Um, and yeah, but um, yeah, uh, we can. But yeah, I definitely agree. Like, it's it's interesting. And what's interesting, I mean, it's interesting to me because the corporate media um or the majority of the corporate media portrayed black lives matter in a quite a positive light and they have the corporate media on their side um which is interesting to me even though a lot of the people in black lives matter and those let your people not all not all people in black lives matter are also democrat or left-leaning either like there are people like that cross over uh, and a lot of moderates moderates centrals as well and but a lot of people who ascribe or who want to take that actual message of not the organization but the, the essence of black lives matter sure a lot of those kind of people are also like on the anti-establishment side of and anti-establishment seems quite like a, a aggressive word to use almost but um they they or they also feel disenfranchised by the corporate political world um especially dc i mean yeah I think it's just like they tend to fall. Well, it, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm in danger of you know getting to the whole politics of um, you know the Democrats pandering to, to certain ethnic groups, but um, I don't really want to go into that now. Um, but you know, it it it, it is it's it's very and the thing is is i think the same can be said so i think you're okay let me just be straight i guess so I, I feel like the democrats have pandered and taken advantage of uh black lives matter and that movement whereas you know some people within the republican party have taken advantage of the movement of the whole maga movement um because you know the maga movement is also anti-establishment and anti-corporate political elite um and it's interesting though 
I, I, I want to be really balanced, but at the same time, just address like some realities. Is you know, even you know, if you just if you well look at the last four election results in Washington D.C. So who's the biggest employer in Washington D.C.? It's the institutional federal government, right? Yeah, the government. Um, whereas like this election, ninety-four percent. Um, you know, Joe Biden got ninety-four percent of the vote in Washington D.C., and that to me implies there's a massive imbalance of political thought with the i'm talking not talking even talking about parties i'm just talking about the establishment the political uh, the government is the federal government establishment within dc and that is dangerous because you know i mean we're not having this diversity of thought and it that means that washington dc like doesn't represent the people working within the government doesn't represent the nation and that's why people feel so detached to them sure i never thought about that yeah i mean on just it just to kind of like go into that as well this is a similar thing is happening in california where california has become a one-party state and as a result like um california has um sorry um as a result california has um all right don't worry. There we go. That's fine. Right here, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, uh, no, as a, as a result of California being a one-party state, it's kind of fallen into uh, also the same trap of like there's not as much diversity of thought and respectful debate as as there should be, um, which has resulted in the California being on a downwards decline currently, like. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you know, but last year there was actually a, a, I'm, I might be wrong in saying there was a net dec- uh, uh, actual uh, for the first time in like decades, there was actually net migration out of California. Sure. Um, no, there is definitely. I, I, I know I know there was I think it like hit all time lows of like uh, definitely like there was a massive decrease in migration to California. I know that was definitely a factor. Um, but um, obviously you have lots of big um organizations um and big names like elon musk and joe uh, rogan moving out of california to texas and um, ben shapiro. <laughs> yeah ben, well ben shapiro's moved to florida but i don't include ben yeah. shapiro because he's a bit more True. on the conservative side like these are yeah. like actually more left minded well I, elon musk is a bit of quite a central oh okay. i was thinking yeah. so you're thinking political thought i was thinking in terms of dollars generated i was thinking oh yeah yeah i'm thinking of revenue. dollars as well yeah i'm thinking oh, okay, revenues okay. as well sure. but like it's it's all impacting society in california sure. and uh you can see how like if you look at for example um uh what's i can't remember you know there's a website where you can check which companies uh you know the employees and companies how much they've donated to different candidates and parties okay. um yeah. i can't remember what it's called now um but you can actually go have a look at example at facebook employee you know, uh, not the actual names of the facebook employees but where facebook employees are donating to political candidates and the same with twitter and um a lot of the tech companies in silicon valley is is it's like massively disproportionately like 90 percent you're going towards democrats which to me says like the thought is like actually the diversity in thought is going down and you can see that in terms of like their platforms uh stagnating they're still growing because the internet's growing um and that's where everybody is on the internet so obviously people are still going to go there but in terms of the quality of their services 
it's yeah. stagnating. And also, you can see in the last decade, there hasn't been a big breakout company from Silicon Valley in a while. Um, so I'm just saying you're, I'm just kind of like getting at the point that it's important for us to have conversations and for there to be diversity for progress in society. And that goes for politics as well as innovation and business and technology. That's just what I'm getting at, I guess. Um, if, I, uh, if I can say something real go quick. For it. Um, there is, so Andrew Breitbart, who founded the platform Breitbart, oh, yeah. which, again, which has changed. So the, the culture of Breitbart has also changed um, since Andrew was alive, um, for those who consider it to be controversial, because um, it, it has been a little um, since he passed away. But um, Andrew was, um, he was, he wrote a book called Righteous Indignation. Um, I think he passed away, I think it was, was it 2009? He died of a heart attack or something. It was mm-hmm. like way too young. He was a mentor of Ben Shapiro. But yeah. he, um, he was uh, part of the left. Um, he, he worked with Ariana Huffington. Um, with the Huffington Post, and he he believed everything he was told, um, you know, without really about you know the the wicked backwards um, hillbilly right, um, <laughs> and 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 I, for him his his story was when he started to investigate some of the things that people like Rush Limbaugh would say, um, he he started to notice the the imbalance of progressive liberal values coming through mainstream American media mm-hmm. and the imbalance of conservative values um, that were being just available to the public. And so he left um, um, the Huffington Post. He left working with Huffington and started his own platform to actually counter his old boss. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah. so, he, so all, all that to say, um, the reason I mentioned him was Politics is downstream of culture. Yeah, he, he made that observation, and so um, one of the things the Daily Wire recently announced is that they're trying to enter into the entertainment business um, because they they noticed that a lot of the thought that comes out of mainstream Hollywood is you know has a certain set of values attached to it, and so mm-hmm. they're trying to bring. They're trying to, to bring balance to that with, with sharing their own set of, of values. And again, they're not trying to make it, you know. Um, they're not they trying want... to take it over. There's, it's yeah. just like they want to bring balance, which makes sense. Yeah, they're and, not trying to yeah. say, well, we need conservative entertainment versus liberal entertainment. Not, they're just saying, like, they're just different values, different, um, yeah, that, that they want to, re, to reintroduce to that, um, there's also um, academia, the the education mountain. Um, it's been it's been noted by some that the reason you mentioned, like say Silicon Valley and the the some of the the donations and all of that, is because they're university educated millennials, and yeah. um, there is a there is a um, in many places, a, a favoritism toward progressivism in the States. Um, 
at universities and professors. Universities. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So shaping the mindsets, which then impacts other areas of society. So this whole like, and I'm just saying this to comment on the whole diversity of thought. I think mm -hmm. if we can bring if we can bring balance back into the education sphere of society, we will see a difference of education in in, in businesses, in corporations. And in politics, because again, politics is a reflection of society. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's um, if you if you look at the types of jobs that people have, if you look at you know um, who's voting where, like mm. you know the cities are usually more the bigger cities are usually more left leaning, um, the rural areas are more conservative, traditional, all that. Yeah. Um, it's it's you have to think about who's moving there who's going there you know yeah. all these things um and so yeah i and i think um you're on something as well that like i think like for people who are listening who are like oh like that feels like a threat like bringing more conservative values to like university and education is i think what i'd want to say to them is is just it's when it's not about like it be, it'd be overtaking your values it's just being a right. balance and we we want like it's i i think the important thing is creating a space where you their values and you know the the well both the left and the right's values are being heard, you can be heard yeah. and being shared um and that's i mean that's probably one of the biggest issues currently and the the biggest drive to people's frustration and anger at the moment is people feeling that they're not being heard um uh, um, oh, let me just kind of like wind this back a bit. Like it's just uh, well, um, oh, where do I want to go quickly? Um, I think, um, oh yeah, like just to touch on like the universities. What? Not and this isn't a bash on university professors. I think they do put like play an important roles in society and that like they're really appreciated and valued. Um. I heard a quote from Elon Musk the other day and he said Yo, if you want to change the world like um, writing research papers for a university as a professor or something like that is one of the um, you're like as a percentage wise if you look at the research papers written like university wise is one of the least likely ways to do that uh, because you end up kind of becoming academic for the sake of being academic rather than being academic for practical reasons and for the progression of society okay. and i'm not saying that's a bash on professors i think there are plenty of professors and like lecturers out there that probably like do see that they are trying to progress as well like and being practical i guess in a way um but um it was just like a good point that he made um, but the someone I, I can't remember where it was but i was listening to someone someone made a really good point the other day as well where uh, um the there's always going to be a bit of tension between academics and um and the entrepreneurs sure. um because and the thing i think personally where we're going to see the most good the uh, progress and i guess is actually gonna be where you see the clash of them but where actually the clash of them actually and the combination of the two uh produces uh progress and not like anger towards one another sure. um because the, the issue is is your um your academics people who are like very academic um 
they can probably be in quite a comfortable salary at university and stuff, but sure. that there's like a roof, like they can't really go beyond a certain level necessarily. Sure. Whereas like entrepreneurs, like you know, they you'll create value in their products and things like that, and um, yeah, then the market determines how successful they are, and you also know, entrepreneurs can get much more or like traditionally merchants that's what historically they were called people like in business could you're you're uh, basically they could in in theory the roof in terms of how much they can earn and like resources they can have you um is a lot higher obviously it's a lot more risk like there's a lot more risk and but the issue is, is not everyone in society sees like the risks, the failures and all that. They just see the massive successes like Elon Musk, for example, he's just become the richest person in the world. Um, and then they, like, I've seen a lot of tweets like this last week as well. People tweeting at Elon Musk and be like, oh, like that's so wrong that you have so much money. And I'm like, people don't understand. People like that don't actually understand how the world works because that money is in the value in the companies he owns and if he was to try and sell all that and then get rid of all his money he would create actually collapse his own companies like you if you forget about like the loss of progress in terms of electric cars and spaceships and stuff like that that you then experience you have hundreds of well, tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands jobs that would be lost as well and people so that's like a negative impact so just i, can't, I, just, I don't know that's something i've just kind of found interesting about this last week but yeah, um, I I think just as a culture and as a whole society is, is it kind of always comes back to this thing of do we need spaces for people with different views to be able to reasonably have discussions together and respect one another rather than having these echo chambers. And that's why I'm just going to bring it back into like the what's having happened this last week last week um i have a massive issue with apple google and amazon taking down parlor sure. um which has been seen as a right-wing version of twitter essentially um and i think twitter in in its way is quite if if you're not too extreme right you'll if you if you're just if you just lean right and you have quite a balanced view twitter is a great space uh you'll you'll get quite a bit of hate from more left your know, extreme yes. leftist your know, views yeah. people in there but honestly like, i've even had respectful conversations with people on that side okay. um but some people like you'll just resort to calling you names and right and things like that um i do see on twitter there is a bit of a like if you go more outwards to the two extremes is they tend they will get rid of like your people inciting violence on the left but it does feel like it's been more heavily leaning towards the getting your know, silencing the right and that's kind of like um and i'm saying like i don't want to say it's kind of, I, what i'm saying is i guess like so if this is the middle and this is the two, the left and the right i feel like they're getting rid of these or well, about these uh people on the left on that side i guess but then, like, there's a bigger portion of the people on the right they're almost going. So it's kind of, like, slightly lopsided. Um, um, especially after what happened this week, there's been, like, well, I've seen reports and people, like, talking about how they've seen massive purge of uh, people off Twitter who mm -hmm. have subscribed to the idea of election fraud. Um, and um, I, that's another subject we can get into in a second. Um 
just just check in. Like, do you do you how long how long do you have? I'm I'm, I'm free as long as you okay. want this to go. Yep. That's cool. Okay, we can talk, you know, for another hour if you want. Then, um, and so I have an issue with that. Like, I can see that, but I do feel Twitter, it, to be fair, is a bit more balanced. Um, I do have an issue with them, you know, and Facebook, you're taking Trump's, um, it's your account, account down sure. because it it basically then because he has put out videos calling for calm and peace. Yes, he's kind of still continues rhetoric of stolen election and everything, which has pr probably not helping people who be feeling um, um, like disenfranchised. Um, that's another thing I'll get into in a second. But with Parler, like people have moved, you know, loads of people have moved over to Parler. And Parler is also then can be an echo chamber for the right. And I'm actually on there because, well, I want to know what's happening there, firstly, sure. just as I'm staying in touch with what's happening in society. And I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm not on there much, but like, I try and also then bring balance on that side as well, like try and pull people more back to the center as well. Yeah. And the issue is, is you're actually censoring Parler and get you're trying to shut it down, is escalating the tension and it's escalating these people who on the right who feel disenfranchised, like it's escalating their frustration. It's just actually making things worse. And the, the same can be said of like them removing Trump's uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything. It's just like it's escalation. And then also I heard a few Congress uh, men and women who were suggesting to expel the Congress members who uh, were trying to um, who were going to try and block the notification. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of mindset is not going to help anyone because it's just escalating the whole thing. And like, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried that if we don't see, like, I think, you know, I have to give credit to Joe Biden actually because he has actually not, well, I haven't really been following what he said the last week, but he has been ignoring a lot of Trump things and things that have been happening to an extent and a lot of um he hasn't been like trying to force it like say you know, say like oh we have to imprison trump and all this stuff i don't really I, I i haven't really followed what he said over last week um i have to give him credit that i think he because he's been well elect, elected depending on what you believe um he i think he you know in terms of the escalation he's not necessarily played a big role in that or if at all uh it's the issue is the people around him like nancy pelosi has been a big well she, yeah she's caused a lot of that issue as well um but um yeah um and it kind of then comes back i guess to like people just being disenfranchised and not heard by the political establishment in dc yeah. Um, so if Sorry. I could comment, if I could comment on the topic of parlor, so I don't have a parlor. I've never really been interested in getting one. Um, I think, so I don't know, all I know are the, the few people that I follow on Facebook who have suggested going to parlor or that they, they've gone to parlor. Um, so I can't, you can comment way more as to the culture there, 
into value systems than me. Um, but I will say, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily the right who are saying, no, okay, how do I say this? It might be better to categorize people who are on Parler as people who value free speech. Yeah. But not necessarily the right, because I know that there are some people with who are who have more conservative values who are over there. There are also some conspiracy theorists who are on part. Right. Sure, I, yeah. tr I try not to lump the two together. Um, like, I mean, sometimes the left has their own conspiracy theories. Sometimes people on the right do. Um, um, but I think I think the real I think the reason I think the reason that people wanted the push. I think the initial push for Parliament long before this happened was because they haven't felt, they felt, they have felt um, like they can't speak their minds um, about reasonable things, um, mm. about, um, about um, whether it's political thought or usually political thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there, there has been, I mean, Congress, our Congress has investigated the censorship of conservatives and Christians um, on Facebook and, and Twitter. And you had Jack Dorsey and uh, Mark Zuckerberg um, have been called on the carpet more than once, um, which, I mean, those, those interviews and transcripts and videos of those exchanges are out there. Um, and it's the, how they responded and what some senators asked them and had to say. But, um, yeah, so I think, because I think, and that's the bigger, that's the bigger thing. And I think there's something, this is a, we're touching on a value that you and I both value, and that is free speech. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting time when, um, you know, when, say, somebody that, you know isn't quite telling uh, somebody who isn't right about something is being silenced yeah it's so part of you know, for me part of me is like sweet like we don't have to promote that but on the other end um and the bigger question here is you know is that a precedent that we want to set? Because depending upon who is, you know, steering the ship per se, you know, like captain's rules, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, they are private entities. I get it. They, they're not necessarily, they're not, they're not required to operate under the first amendment, mm -hmm. but you know, the question is, wh whoever's in, whoever's running their, their, whoever their moderators are, um, those values are going to determine, you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, and I mean, I know what is and isn't acceptable yeah. to be said and all that stuff. Yeah. And there was like a, a big, um, your investigative reporting into like so they have like third party moderating companies mm -hmm. that moderate content on Facebook and there was a investigation into one of them by uh, 
slightly, I would say slightly right uh, leaning um, organization. And um, they were video recording like uh, someone who was working there. Like, well, they, uh, I think they got someone inside basically to record interactions and they kind of compiled over months, like all this evidence to suggest right. um, um, that, that um, they were silencing you know, people who had more conservative values, people, anybody who was wearing a MAGA hat or something like that. And I do know Facebook actually terminated their contract with that company uh, as a result. Um, so I think there is a bit of an effort to try and bring balance, but the issue is, is like I, I come back to like earlier, is the majority of the people working in those companies have a certain viewpoint, yeah. and therefore, like that, because they have their own echo chamber, um, it's it's very difficult for them to actually be fair, and because they have that echo chamber, um, and. And then it goes back to like education and just changing it up so it's all a little bit more balanced, you know. Um, you know what I'll say though is is it? Uh, I mean, we're getting into an area where I'm not necessarily super in your informed necessarily. But before I get into that, like, I have one th- like what I find interesting is is I think Jack Dorsey actually has some good intentions. His aim for the platform was to create open dialogue and things like that. Um, my thought behind that is, is he doesn't have a controlling say in Twitter anymore. Um, okay. He's just, he, well, he, I mean, he was at one point because he was fired, you know, like he, he's got a similar story to Steve Jobs, really, because Twitter basically fired him and let, let him go as a CEO. Uh, and then he went off to start, his, I don't know, uh, Square Inc., uh, which is where, you know, the cash app, like uh, uh, they own cash app and things like right, that. Right. Which is, I think is great. It's great, like uh, service. And his other company, I'm quite a big fan of. And then Twitter started like tanking and like actually declining. And then they actually brought him back, and it kind of you know started. He he brought some things in that actually started helping it again become more successful. Um, the uh, um, I think they are in a like to give just to give them a bit of benefit of the doubt, like. Is, is I do think they're in a very difficult situation to determine what like kind of content is inciting violence and stuff like that. Uh, it is quite probably a difficult situation to be in. In it's just kind of like made worse, like the imbalance is made worse because of the makeup of the employees in their company and their political in- inclinations. Um, but yeah, like back to Jack Dorsey's, I think he probably doesn't have as much of a say into a lot of the things on Twitter as he used to. So I think he's CEO, but like he's, I, I don't know, this is my personal feelings towards it, just because I do think, I don't know, he's, it's, it's, I think he's got good intentions, but like, um, like, I mean, I definitely think he's much better than Mark Zuckerberg. I like, I, I think... Oh, okay. Like I think Jack Dorsey is at least more relatable as a person, whereas Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think many people relate to him. Okay. Um, because Jack Dorsey, in a way, is you know, has like you know, some similar traits to Elon Musk in, in a way. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. Um, um, I think um, so. Someone, so this is the area where I'm not necessarily fully researched in. Uh, I don't know if you know much about this, but. Uh, companies like AT&T and Verizon, they can't control and you know, restrict freedom of speech in their services because they're considered an essential public service. Right. And I think arguably social media should be the same. Um, arguably. 
Um, I think that they the content which is yeah, obviously like where it comes like to stuff that becomes illegal or harmful content uh like well, i mean we're talking about like um um your uh, your pornography like violence yeah. inciting violence all that kind of stuff i think everyone can agree we can try and get rid of those things on the platform and they can work with the police to like release like your I know private messages for police inf- investigations and things like that, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, sorry, um, sorry, you can see me. Um, um, yeah, like, um, it's it's so interesting because I don't really know how that would work because obviously you do have problems with people then being able to share inappropriate stuff on social media. If, yeah. if if you treat them like the same, like as a public service as Verizon and AT and T, um, so I don't know. I think well, this is the, the, the issue we have is we there needs to be like some sort of legislation that like mandates like your uh, more freedom of speech in Congress. And from my understanding, um, there was something that did come up, um, but then the I don't know within the last few years. But then the Congress uh, and the government then didn't do anything about it, or yeah. you didn't like actually make sure that freedom of speech was um, protected. Right. Um, but then the conflict of issues is well, the government's not like necessarily is out of touch with a lot of the people, with the people working in the government. I mean, just one example, I guess, of like when I'm talking about the government and like even just like the Congress, Senate, and um, everything is I, I believe i last i checked it's some well i saw two different surveys one said i think 80 plus percent of people and the other one said 96 percent of people in america are for universal background checks when it comes to like purchasing guns like even when it comes to pri- private gun purchases and gun show purchases um but then when it comes to like the actual government like congress and uh, senate um i think it's like it's split almost 50 50 um, which doesn't represent that's not a fair representation of the population yeah. Um, but yeah I know that's just one example that's uh, quite I think I've heard quite said quite a lot if, um, yeah um, I would say I I like your idea um, the, the way you what you cited about the phone companies yeah. Um, it's. I mean, I can. I, I can see one. I mean, one argument possibly against that would be the difference between somebody like Verizon um, or AT and T uh, or T Mobile, whoever, um, cutting off uh, interfering with a phone conversation is because unless you're doing conference call it's it's between it's one person to another yeah that's true whereas social media in a sense has become the new town square yeah um but i do uh, i i still like though your idea because it's saying that Mm. it's saying that you know whether it's between two two persons on a phone call um, you know, we're providing a service and, you know, 
they're having they're having a conversation like we're not necessarily responsible for the content mm-hmm. um, and they're also free to unless you're I guess maybe in China or someplace <laughs> you know you're free to be able to um, to, to speak your mind yeah, yeah. Um, so there's almost like a, there's like a, a, a limitless bit there um, but with social media again like we can agree that there's some things like child pornography and, and, and like something like ISIS some sort of extremism like crazy stuff like we don't want to, to yeah to, to yeah. allow them to to share that yeah um, and but um, it, it it also it also gives people a space to, to speak and I think that's that's the real fight the real fight now is it's like I remember um, I think the bigger fight too that we're that we're seeing is how do I say it it's human beings have this tendency to want to control things mm. um, that that are out of their hands um, yeah and so it's 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 like there's this sense of how do I say it like we've like a nation of laws doesn't necessarily make society better. Yeah. And, and so and that isn't to say that we shouldn't have laws because some laws are very good, but it's almost like if we somehow were able to manage ourselves responsibly as individuals, we would like, would we necessarily need that law over there? Um, it's like, like you mentioned, and, and I, I get what you're saying. I don't think, I don't think yeah. I, I get the intent behind what you said. Like we need extra protections for the for First Amendment for freedom of speech, and it's just like and you and you're right. We might in some cases, mm. um, but the sad thing is, I think bigger picture is, you know, first of all, like in the states at least, you know, we are in the First Amendment. You know, you have that, and and the fact that, like, I mean, um, I remember within the last year, President Trump. You can look it up. He wrote, he signed an executive order, which, which involved, it was specifically had to do with free speech on college campuses and how it needs to be honored. And it's kind of like, why, like, like, I get it. Like I support what he did there, all that stuff, but it's like, why is that needed? You know, why why do you need that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if we were, if we could get back to some of the, I think in, in America, at least some of the founding principles mm. of, or if we could articulate properly articulate those principles today um, in our time, because, you know, sometimes some things are clear cut, some things are not. Um, if we could get that same sort of tap into that, like wisdom for just like what we need today, how to apply it, um, the right legislators and the, and the right judges and all this stuff. Um, that would really help. That would help our our government, um, like kind of like rightly divide things a little more equitably, and um, you know it it would allow people to to share their minds. It's like it's like what I was thinking of was to like you shared a post with me last night that you saw on Parlor, and this person was basically suggesting that 
which I don't agree with, and you don't agree with. Um, this person was suggesting that basically martial law, that the president, Trump, should use the military to try yeah. to stay, which I, I have all sorts of issues with for many reasons. Yeah. Um, but if it, what it comes down to is, you know, there's the part of me that wants to be like, that should be, that should go away. But there's the other part of me that's like, you know what, like back in the day, you, you didn't, I mean, you, you may have had people suggesting ideas like that, but people, we trusted people to make up their own minds. And it's like common sense was more common almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what Cl clearly like is not a great idea. So, I think, well, yeah. I wonder, yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Is Well, just quickly, just touching on the AT&T Verizon, like, legislations or, like, public thing. Is, is I, I probably wouldn't say, like, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a like for like kind of legislation. It would have to be, like, sure. uniquely on its own sort of thing. And again, like, I think you're, what we're discussing and how we're discussing and, like, kind of trying to create a culture of responsibility and uh, just your good discussion and debates is, is already a part of, like, trying to shift culture in a way where we don't necessarily even need that. And what I also find interesting is, is you know, like, YouTube allow Tim Pool to stay up on YouTube because he, um, he has helped... Uh, pull people away from being extreme and uh he's actually pulled people away from extreme ideas uh even like when he i don't know if you've i don't know if you have you watched any of his videos um i'm you know i'm familiar with who he is but i have not watched his content yeah so I, I can't speak into that yet i mean I, it's um like i don't obviously again i don't agree with everything he says like I, there's not many people i do well i don't think we can uh, anybody you meet you're gonna do, right. even you get married one day there's gonna be stuff you disagree with your life it's just For how sure. it, life is you know sure. um um he uh he had alex jones like the, oh, well, yeah, on yeah, his yeah. show yeah. like on the live and the first episode like of that like they had to, youtube had to then uh, later remove the video because alex jones incited violence which was stupid oh, okay, yeah. um <laughs> and then the second time they did they made sure that alex didn't do that and they kept him calm and they let youtubers i think so far allowed to for it to stay up because actually because they fact check him on everything he says um like it was actually very beneficial yeah, yeah. very interesting but um Anyway, that's just what uh, just it's just uh, I think I think as well as is we need more people like that who are quite like more closer to the middle, who are having trying to have conversations with everyone. Um, they're trying to have conversations with everyone, um, but um, um, and 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 because they're trying to have conversations with everyone, they're kind of pulling people away from the extremes of the left and the right, and I think. Like actually, if you play in those rules and the, within those bounds, I think you can actually really help. And you're know, you're not going to be censored on social media. Sure. Uh, well, at least I hope not. Um, and um, that will actually kind of like maybe correct some of the things that have been bad. One thing that I will say, but the thing that social media is not being great with uh, is, uh, well, I would say specifically Facebook and uh, Instagram. Is because of their algorithms, they kind of like pander to what you've engaged with. So then right. you create your own echo chamber. So then you don't see, yeah. you don't necessarily always see viewpoints that, um, 
challenge your own. So then you're yep. just living your own echo chamber. Luckily for me, like because I've followed loads of different people and engaged with lots of different kinds of people, is it hasn't really become an echo chamber for me. But I can see how. But that's I've intentionally had gone that had to do that. Whereas I can see how easy it is for people to create their own echo chamber there. Yeah. Uh, the same can go for Twitter. Um, I feel like Twitter is probably slightly less so because it's all like open and public, or well, mostly anyway. Uh, so I think Twitter is a little bit better in terms of having your conflicting ideas. Of, oh, okay. Like you, know, I think slightly, just a, bit, a little bit better than Facebook. Okay. But at the same time, I think you can still create an echo chamber depending on who you follow. Sure. Um, again, I think maybe I'm an ex- exception because I follow people from different. Um, you're from the left and the right. Like, I mean, two uh, more leftist journalists that I follow. I don't know if you've heard of, I think it's, it's going Glenn Greenwald or something yes. like that. I, yep. I actually really enjoy his content. No, that's even good. though, and then uh, was this Matt Taibbi, I think, is another one. Oh, okay, uh, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like, I mean, both of them are like, way more left leaning than I am. Uh, like, well, I'm not, yeah. I'm not really left leaning, but I really enjoy their content. No, and, Glenn is someone to to pay attention to again. Like his like again, I, I don't agree with some of his values, but he's. I think there's a reason that someone like Edward Snowden would trust him with national secrets. Yeah. Um, because of the integrity of the journalist, because he trusted him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, rather than give him to to a corporate a corporate. Um, uh, media establishment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's true. And um, also, you're following. Uh, you know, he, he recently left. He left the Intercept. He left. The which was he started. Company he started, he started because of the bias. He, so mm-hmm. he was. He was he was trying to publish a piece, and was it the editor or somebody? Yeah, yeah. Re- told him he had to remove critical sections. Sections that were critical of, of Joe Biden. This was yeah. just before the election, the, yeah. the 2020 election. Um, and so Glenn refused to uh, to do that in the same way that Ben Shapiro left Breitbart um, when he they felt didn't, during yeah. the 2016 election that it became more of an echo chamber or like more of a, yeah. how do I say? It wasn't, it wasn't, is their their the, um integrity kind of started falling because i think one of the reasons was is they they uh they had a reporter that criticized trump or someone and then the i don't know i don't know exactly what happened or the reporter got was it assaulted or i don't know something happened where and then they didn't back up their reporter they backed up the person who was involved because their person followed was more along their kind of values or something like that i which, can't remember exactly what it was sorry, that was which uh, are you talking right about? but Right, oh, okay. I wasn't tracking that. I was just. I don't. Ben, I don't, wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like yeah, I, ben, I, because I know Ben's talked about it. Like why he left, and one of the reasons okay. was because of the integrity and like them not backing up one of their reporters. Okay. I, I didn't know about that. I know yeah. that he he had said that Andrew Andrew really valued telling the truth. Yeah. Being objective and in in the same way that I think Ben tries to be objective, like or he. He tries, he tries, tries to, he, I mean, he tries, tries to, biases, yeah. but he tries to, he tries to, he shares, this is what the left is saying. Yeah. This and that's the thing I is, think, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. and that's the thing. What I try to do is as well, like, of course, every, everyone's got their own bias. Like you can't, 
like there's not an unbiased person in the world it's just about like if acknowledging that you do have them and trying to actually like show the other side and talking about the other side and engaging people on the other side of the conversation as well and that's why like i value a lot of people like him like joe rogan yeah. like tim paul um yeah very interesting but anyway i think that's one last thing that i just want to go back to and talk about sure. is and this we, this is probably where me and you might have like differ on opinion quite a lot. Sure. Um, um, but um, like I think, and a lot of you know, obviously a lot. I, like, this is why I probably agree with a lot of what the media is saying. I think that um, Trump being so like his rhetoric about like the uh, election being rigged and everything like that, especially on the speech on the sixth. Um, while he didn't necessarily directly incite violence, I think right. it was unhelpful in terms of building up people's frustration and that, like, you're getting into their frustration and anger and all that, uh, which might have potentially, like, then increased the, the uh, volatility of the whole situation. Sure. So, I mean, and this is the thing is, is I want to also just back this up is, is I have been very defensive. I've defended Trump on a lot of different things in the past just because I felt like he's been unfairly represented in the media. Oh, for sure. Um, but I also see him as he's a symptom or like he's, you know, the reason he's a president and he's definitely not the best. I don't know. You, you can debate whether he is the best person um, for, to come in who's quite anti-establishment or not. But um, um like um what was i saying um i can see that you know the reason why he was elected was because people were frustrated with the the current system and how it was Business and usual. i think yeah. yeah and i think he he in my opinion he was the wrong person there at the right, right time in my opinion um i mean i don't know it's hard to say that in hindsight but, you know he i can acknowledge that there's a lot of good that he has achieved yes. uh like with a lot of the peace deals in the middle east for example mm-hmm. um some of them have been probably more significant than others and like i mean i know the sudan one with israel and sudan might actually fall apart like who knows um quite quickly who knows but anyway like i can acknowledge that there's good things he's done but I think this whole thing with like this, just he's just kept pushing and pushing with everything, um, has really has tarnished his presidency. Like I think a lot, a lot more, yeah. Just you're kind of a bit beyond repair in my opinion. And my personal opinion is, and I think I know you probably would support Trump. I don't, I don't know. Is that correct? Well, I mean, no. Finish your thought, and then, and then. Okay. I'll, I'll show my so. Okay. Yeah. My my uh, my opinion is is that actually, if he now gets impeached before he you know, leaves office, like a lot of people, are like what's the point? But like he'll leave office like in a few you know, days, and I like, I think actually if he gets impeached like properly and actually has to leave, uh, that might be the best outcome, in my opinion, because that means he can't run again in twenty twenty four, and that gives someone else an opportunity who actually might be more suited. Um. That's my opinion, um, and I mean this. Just going beyond that as well is is someone who I do have high hopes for, and I think has probably positioned themselves perfectly for a twenty twenty four presidential campaign is Nikki Haley. Yeah, and I'm a huge like fan of her. Yeah, yep, I like her. Um, she was a great UN ambassador. Yeah, she was really good. She's strong, and like I think she. You're. I, um, I really hope 
I, 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 I think she's like played her cards really well within like working with Trump and being having the support of the whole Trump, uh, the MAGA crowd, uh, as well as being distant enough from him from not being totally implicated within all the craziness that's happened. Um, and also that now that she's not been part of like government for the last two years, really, because she resigned, obviously. And uh, and I think she's positioned herself perfectly to be able to run in 2024. My concern is, is obviously if Trump doesn't get impeached, then Trump runs again and then she can't run. And then it's just, I think Trump is too, He's. I think my opinion on him is, is he's too volatile of a character to be able to unite the whole country. Yeah. Um, and actually try and heal a lot of the divisions. Um, that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? So this is funny. So the, again, this, so this comes back to my Christian influence. Um, the reason I have supported Donald Trump, um, like the foundational reason I supported Donald Trump. So um, it's like, yes, he's done some good things, Policy-wise, um, which I which I support and learned about along the way, but there was, and I know this has really rubbed some people wrong um, in in the uh, in the church, but there is a prophetic word um, that was that Lance Wall now received um, prior to the 2016 election about Trump being likened to King Cyrus, um, historical figure mentioned in the Bible. Um, he's he's um, in the Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 45. There is some text about um, Cyrus, and then the history books also have things to say as well. And in a nutshell, um, Cyrus was a, a was a is a he was not one of God's people in the Old Testament, so he, um, who God used to help His people. And so, yeah. translated in modern times, that would be like you know Trump, who you know all sorts of skeletons in his closet, like lived as he lived as yeah. he wished. Some, some, some of that has been put on display for the world to see. Some of it is not great. Mm. Um, you know, a, a man who wasn't in touch with God, God chose to use as a sort of wrecking ball and a restoration, um, like wrecking ball in a sense of, um, to the political establishment in the United States and, and, and even in other parts of the world with what he said, um, to be, to be um, almost like, to use a different term, like a, um, to use a Christian analogy, like a Caleb, um, like a man of a different spirit, um, or just somebody who, you know, an outsider. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's a, he is a yeah. he's a businessman. He's he is a um, a, a successful businessman. You know, um, he's yeah, a billionaire. He's, he, yeah, he's had successes he's and not a professional politician. Yeah, and yeah. so bringing that bringing that in, and, and in some ways, somebody compared the way he's tried to, tried to run the country um, as as more like a CEO, um, where he will just fire somebody if he isn't happy with them. Um, and again, like you can, you can, you can ask yourself, should they have been fired? Maybe, maybe not. Like, but yeah. that is his thinking. That is that is the framework yeah. he's using because he's a businessman. Yeah. Um, so I think, in those terms, I think, you know, that's why I've supported him because I believe that there were things that he could he could he could help 
to reintroduce him to America, uh, be used to whether he was aware of it or not. Yeah. Um, and also, again, like he is, like you said, he is very, first of all, he's a, he's a fighter. Like he, like I, I just laughed. I, I was reading the other day, I was looking at, or yesterday, I was looking at the news, how, you know, Twitter bans him, his personal account. He just got on the government account and he, and he tweeted out some things and, you know, they, they deleted him five minutes later, but I'm like, this guy is 74 and he has, he has not stopped fighting, which is just like, this is so yeah. crazy. Like, you know, like, like literally like the world, it feels like probably the world's against him. And some people like people really are against him. Yeah. And, um, and he's just like not giving up, but, um, it's, you know, that's, that's the sort of person I would want on my team, like tempered. Right. Um, but I think, where was I going with that? Um, starting to backtrack a little bit. He, he's not a social reformer. Um, no. He's also not, he's not a, he's not a messiah. You know, he's, he's a secular ruler um, who, I'm not sure a lot of people would like you appreciate him. You call him here ruler, but I understand. No, what you mean. I mean, or sorry, not ruler. Sorry about that. I mean, like, sorry, from a leader. Yeah, leader from, would from probably. A, yeah. Sorry that that was a biblical paradigm. Yeah, he was a yeah. he's a he's a secular elected leader, who, um, I don't know who happens to have. It's like there's the there's the quote unquote the secular prophet, right? So somebody who's sharing values that make oh, sorry can i just jump in quickly yeah. um just so you you are aware like it's just so you're because like this is good your the podcast is like aimed at uh mostly probably more of a secular audience okay okay so yeah you know, uh, no worries no worries um but uh, just uh, i mean i'll let you continue in a second this is um i always sure. give some people a, few, a little bit of context um is um for example like i think cyrus and like nebuchadnezzar and stuff like in the bible they're just you know well um they're historical people who probably did a lot of bad things but um oh for sure but yeah. uh yeah they did uh, but yeah. definitely did bad things um uh, but ultimately like um you know they're they were advisors to them which in, in, ended up achieving some good goals right for, um for girls people like i i, I, I just want to like you'll say just reference as well i don't think me or nick would like um uh, endorse anything bad they did as well. It's just no, highlighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing. like, it's it's kind of like, and it's important to distinguish. Like, and I think that this has been the reason um, that that um, the idea of of you know, God, uh, you know, um, Trump being quote unquote God's man or God's chosen one to be president really offends some people because it's kind of like. Um, you know, couldn't other presidents have been? That could be one argument. Or, um, I mean, arguably, you could say that Obama, like Obama, was as well because he was elected. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get into, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into, like, I guess whether it was Goswell or whatever. Um, I think my personal standing on a lot of it is, is like because obviously, like, I'm from a Christian background, so I hear a lot of people say that. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, let's look at policy like that's how i view a lot of that you know yeah and it's and i get I, you and i don't want to i don't want to give the idea that he's um that his his wrongs are in any way um, justified yeah that we're like well he's you know but 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 you know you know he he did 
you know, he didn't, um, I don't know, he, he kind of screwed us over on healthcare. I don't know when he said he was going to look at our, like initially. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Some people would say that, but he didn't, um, but, but, oh, but he's God's chosen, you know, no, like, like you need to, you need to be like, he's not, he's not, um, he is not above criticism and he's not above the law. Yeah. Um, and so those things need to be taken in mind. Um, I, I will also add, because I kind of opened, I may have opened a can of worms. I just want to say this too. So That's like, fine. I believe that. So any, I think that, um, again, this is speaking as a Christian. Um, so like people have said, you know, what about president Obama and like, and the word, okay. Well, I think, you know, if you're president, if you're prime minister, if you are, if you are, um, a governor, whatever your, your, your job is in or out of government, I think if you're in a position of authority, I think that there is, I, I believe there's something called grace that comes from God that empowers somebody to do, to fulfill the role, to fulfill a role. And so, uh, while I, I don't believe that, I don't believe that Barack Obama represented some biblical values with his decisions. I do think that because of who I believe God is, that there was grace available. There was wisdom available for him to connect with and for his leadership to connect with to make the right decisions. Now, did he make the right decisions? That's a whole other conversation. Some would say yes, some would say no. In some in some areas, I would definitely say no. But all that to say, I mean, yeah, he, he had. It, it isn't this like, well, God wasn't behind Obama, but he was fully behind Trump. No, that, that would be very short sighted to say yeah, because he's the leader of a freaking nation. Yeah. So. I think, I think yeah, everybody you, has, in fact, there was a, uh, the last thing I'll say on this is there was, there was a, a man who was called to pray for um, President Obama, and he said at the beginning of his term, he saw kind of two images, um, one of Obama as, as like a Moses kind of leading people, and one as a Pharaoh who, you know, the, like the story of Pharaoh in the Bible, like re resisting God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was kind of like, God wasn't showing this man what was going to happen. He was showing him the choices that this leader could ultimately become, could walk. Yeah. And so it wasn't this like, you know, well, you know, it's Obama, so he's 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 going to be a yeah. failure. No, not at all. It's it's he. This guy has a series of decisions yeah. he needs to make, and I want you to pray for him, and because he could end up on one end or the other. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, and you could say the same what you've said there also for Trump. But yeah, I guess like exactly. it's just yep. yeah, it's just because like I know that the other you'll um I'm not sure if the ton of people will be able to relate to okay. like that. That's just all. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's just move on, I guess. But for sure, yep. um, sorry. sorry, yeah, I don't know anybody off. <laughs> no, don't worry. I I think everybody should, you'll find them. I think everybody who's you who would have been listening to this point is probably one of those kind of people who will listen. And you'll respect people's views and things. You're hopefully, um, yeah. but um, like I think, um, yeah, I know. Policy I wise, yeah, sorry. Policy wise, okay. here's the thing. Um, I like this description. So the first presidential debate was very much kind of a mudslinging contest between 
you know, Mr. Trump was very aggressive and wasn't really answering questions. He was very aggressive and um, he, he, he overstepped his, he overstepped his, um, you, you know, some things he, you can be good at something, but if you, if you misuse it, you can, you can, you can hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, whereas the vice, I don't know if you heard about or w listened to the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Yeah. The way somebody described it was, and I did, um, was, was the Pence Harris debate was the Trump, was the Trump administration, like the policies without Trump's personality. Yeah. It was very, it was very professional. Both of them were very, um, you know, it was, it wasn't oh, yeah, this yeah, back and forth, like, yeah, guys trying to, whatever it was, and, and so in in my mind, you know that if we, it's like sometimes if it, if it wasn't for Trump's personality, um, I, I in fact I I was thinking about this last night, you know if the man wasn't so off putting, because I, I mean on a one hand I do think he has been his some of his character has been misrepresented, but. Some of I agree. It, you know, fair fair criticisms. He, um, you know, he um, he has his own. Yeah. Sometimes he just wasn't willing to admit mistakes. Um, mm -hmm. Like I appreciate his, like the whole the, the the fake news and all that stuff. I understand that there are some manipulative journalists. There sometimes there are agendas, but just calling calling something fake news because you don't like it can be a dangerous precedent to set because you know that's like you know that's like hey man sometimes the truth can be sobering yeah you, you know um you, you you know you gotta kind of give honor where it's due you know if 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 something is good call it good if something is bad call it bad and i think sometimes he 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 did a little bit of that but he also was hesitant he had his own version of events that he wanted things to things uh he, he wanted promoted which wasn't always the right thing to do yeah yeah definitely so yeah i, th I think yeah there's a lot you i mean that's that could be another conversation we could go on for hours like the whole four years of his presidency his policies and everything that like, could keep us busy again sure. but uh, you know I, I think well let's just get back to i think what's been happening and i guess what's uh, what might happen going forwards um i mean how i see it is that um i think like the mag the maga movement in my opinion had enough you know had enough power to potentially break the two-party system like um until the storming of the capital uh until that moment i was like oh they generally do have the potential to break up like break the your and i don't mean like break in the negative sense i mean break in the positive sense of um just like reforming like the government to where the government is more in touch with the people of the country um and I, there's a lot of things in the maga that i don't agree with as well like i think it's um like it's 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 very interesting i think and that was yeah um i mean i mean being honest like i sure. like i had a, i felt like when i was watching it live like happening on uh the sixth um like i felt a lot of emotions i was like this is terrifying this is crazy 
but like admit i have to admit like i was slightly excited just because it was shaking up the establishment (laughs) like like there was definitely an element of like oh this is really exciting like it's like really shaking up the establishment pretty different but it's very different but like that's not me endorsing me i'm like okay like uh, it's just like all in the moment it's just like and i can't and i can understand why there's probably loads of people there who got really swept up in the moment um and unfortunately there's gonna be people people who are probably actually you know decent people in everyday life who are probably going to have to go to prison because of their involvement in storming yep. the prison. and unfortunately that's reality and that's justice um yeah. and that so i can relate to that but and again like i just wanted to really phrase like is this your i don't agree everything with like your well there's well, there's a lot of people that i know who are like your supporters of maga like making america great again um who I d- disagree with on a lot of different things, and um, a, there are a lot of them that have harmful views, like the whole QAnon conspiracy theorists is yeah. not going to benefit anyone, and that's yeah, it's just silly. Yeah. Um, going forwards, like I really, I, I don't know if they'll rebrand. I hope I don't know if there'll be a new movement. I think it'll just be in general like the conservative movement. Um, because I think it is growing, like, and I think the conservative movement that's like being influenced by people like Ben Shapiro is is the conservative movement that's probably, hopefully, I hopefully that grows to the point where it can you'll become like quite a force within American politics. Like, because I think it's very, um, uh, not like progressive in terms of like progressivism, but like progressive in terms of like helping society progress as society and. Right. Um, right. move forwards and unite uh, and appreciate different uh, opinions mm-hmm. um, and um, like I was saying earlier I think I don't know for me I'm 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 hoping something happens in the way where you'll you'll because Trump's so volatile like I just think you'll I just don't want to see another four years of him or him running for another presidential campaign and sure. like if you know, if he wins, then we have another four years of quite a volatility in terms of his r- rhetoric that he says he might yeah. achieve some good things, um, but at what cost? Like in terms of right. polarization. Um, yeah. I don't uh, know if yeah, I don't uh, know if the nation can necessarily take another four years. Yeah. Um, because he like so from my perspective of him, yes, there was some misrepresentation of him. And I agree with that as well. Um, but at the same time, so there's, so, but like, you know, whether, if say, okay, whether he, whatever he, his intention is, there's, there's sometimes just the message that's being sent to the public. And it's, I just don't know. I just don't know if America can take another four years of, of that. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, again, like whether he said something completely asinine or whether it was twisted into something asinine, people are still on the receiving end of that, depending upon what they're reading or listening to. Um, and I, I just don't know. And, and it's my I mean, I'm not looking forward to the Biden Harris transition, but like policy wise i'm not but in some ways but in terms of in terms of 
in terms of the tone and like, how do I say this? Like when I've, when I have seen a few clips of Biden speak, there's just a sense of, for me, it's like things are, there's like, there's a calm and there is a, there is a, um, I don't know, there, there, there isn't all of this, all this disruption, um, all these waves that are, that are, um, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't know, it just things seem things to make sense. So mm. for me, like, I just feel less chaos. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a mix. So, I mean, I could, I mean, if, 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 if I'm, if I'm seeing that correctly, then that's great. I hope it continues. Um, because I think in a sense, America does need like just time to in the world too. I mean, like with, cause there's a lot of tensions, you know, like with, with coronavirus, that's tension on everybody, but with, with us, you know, we had the, the racial stuff and now we had this and it, it would just be nice for, for people to, I don't know if trauma is quite the right word, but just there's, there's some, there was so much, so many jolts. Yeah. Um, it was, it was such a, it was like a bumpy ride. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the last four years, I, I think we, we will um, benefit from the, the, the calm, you know, change yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think what the, I, I see there's, I don't think there's anything that you're necessarily wrong with like being disruptive. And I think disruption in society can like foster progress and moving forwards. Um, the issue with Trump is, is he didn't, like you were saying, he's not a social reformer. And I think what the Republicans really need, or I mean, it could even come from the Democrat side. Who knows? Well, I, d- I doubt it. Oh, who knows? We'll see if Biden makes it to the end of his four years. He's, he's, he's getting, he's quite yeah. old. So I, I, I somehow doubt he'd try and run for a second term. But um what 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 we really i think what america really needs is is you're someone who is disruptive and you're a disruptive reformer but that also combines that with having a social being a social reformer and a social you're being in touch with their culture and just kind of just having a little bit more of that subtle uh like you're being a bit more subtle and being gentle about like the way they're going and but the the nature of disruption is, is that it is a bit violent in a way but like i think you just need a leader which can be like okay we're going to do this you know we we need to do this this is like this is what the people are saying we need to do and this is the support i have for doing this um i understand that makes me some people feel uncomfortable and um but like you know uh, we we don't want to leave you behind like we do still want to hear your voice and thoughts on the going forwards sort of like that kind of like thing and i understand like your leaders need to have to be like they can't be sit on the fence on everything uh well they shouldn't sit on the fence um uh, and you do need someone who is quite like at least assertive you can't be someone who's just like you're pushed around by opinion or whatever um and i think someone can be assertive but at the same time like foster some sort of cultural or social um sure. like you know kind of just like take take people a lot more people along with them if you know what i mean um i'm all for nikki haley man yeah and i think she could be <laughs> that person i genuinely think she could um 
I really hope she does. Yeah, if like you said, if if um, if Trump is so, my theory about Trump is that he, whether he's impeached or not, um, I mean, he may be. I don't know. Um, if he if he is impeached, he can't run again. I think he will still. I mean, he's still an influential figure. Oh, I think definitely. He he may, depending upon just again how visible he wants to be. Because what one thing he is, um, which is something that conservatives seem to lack these days, he he he's a leader, and he's yeah. a lot of people whether they whether they agree with him or not, um, they it was, well with him it was kind of like was kind of like get on board or get out of the way in some ways but um he has a lot of momentum behind him and, and he's very popular yeah yeah um, you know it, it, and, and a, a great way to look at that is the number of people at his rallies who went um and um because he is he's he's very um and he and he he responds well to crowds i think yeah he, you know he he's, a, like he's an entertainer he's, he's an entertainer he's good he's good with um yeah that's it he's an entertainer um and so he understands the value of understands the power of media and he also understands just the value of interacting with an audience um and so i think whether he's impeached or not whether he runs again or not i don't know if he would be reelected. he might be if he if he tries to run again but i think he unless he just decides he wants to you know, become a hermit in his tower, one of his towers. Um, he um, may try to start his own media thing and and be a voice of influence, which I can see going be like sort of positive or like could 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 become um, very um, messy sometimes as um, his. Uh, I said before sometimes his version of events are not necessarily um true yeah um but uh, again he he, sometimes he does have he is on point yeah um yeah i think like i i do want to i guess i feel like finish off at one point i think like if you wanted to say one last thing about something um i i wanted to just touch on quickly like actual um well, I'll have to say it out loud. Yeah, I'll just explain to you quickly. Is, is sure. you know, what I think needs to happen, I doubt it will happen obviously with this the Biden administration, just because it like they're not they don't it's not any interest to them. But I do think what needs to happen in America is is the whole election process and the way in which people vote needs to be standardized. And I feel like they need to, you know, um well, I think everybody should be voting on paper ballots and you know uh, just basically standardizing that process across like i know each state because each state like um (laughs) i was gonna make a joke about the the current global pandemic (laughs) i'm sorry about that um um and yeah i i don't know what you think about this but you'll is it not unrealistic to see you'll put some reform in place? Because I understand that states like have to organize and run their elections themselves, but like obviously there has to be some federal oversight. Right. Um, and 
I don't know it's how it works, but like, is it even possible for the federal government to be like, okay, this is a standard process that you have to now follow. Like, you can't make changes in courts and stuff like within like months before the election. You can't like, like, there's a standard like, okay, you get you'll vote by paper ballot. Um, like, just kind of like make that process a little bit more straightforward because I think the fact that there's so much different things happening in every single state has whole fueled the whole confusion and like the rhetoric of election fraud which like if there was a more standard process that would be a lot harder for that it would be a lot more straightforward and to determine things you know yeah that that would be that would be the ideal thing to happen i i don't know so um there is a republican rep um dan crenshaw from texas oh yeah i've heard of him the 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 one with the eye patch yeah the eye patch he's a former navy seal who lost his eye yeah um, he recently was saying that, you know, the real, for him, he was saying the real work needs to happen at the state, at the state level to, to address the concerns that people have with election laws. Um, now I don't know if he's, so that would just say general statement saying at the state level, um, that would hopefully like you could, you could get how do you even do that though i don't know it's, it's a very yeah, interesting cause... debate like because technically it's a federal election so therefore then it should be a st- you know, in theory you should be able to standardize it to become a federal process um which is just overseen yeah. by the states running it you know yeah yeah because i hear what you're saying that this the standardization would be useful but given given the state because it was like in pennsylvania and all that stuff and the disputes people have had there with the the how many days people had to submit ballots and what was and wasn't counted you know that was just in pennsylvania and so you would almost need to have some sort of unity between the states um out, out like so it's not something that it's not something the federal government could mandate per se unless they show i mean and that's again that's me speaking as someone who's more constitutionalist now. I'm sure that somebody today, because there's plenty of things that aren't constitutional per se, that, that you know, some would consider to be federal overreach. That uh, may happen. That may come from from this next administration. I really don't know. Um, you know what? I think if, if, if this next administration was like, hey, let's standardize the process, I'd be like, that would be the greatest achievement that they could do in this administration. <laughs> Uh, maybe yes, some could see that as a government overreach, but like if they standardized it, like we just discussed, sure. that um, I think that would be a net gain and net benefit for future elections. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, personally, <laughs> I think yeah. The because there's a, there's the method of um, you know absentee versus voting in person and then the voter ID, all of that stuff, um, and, and signature verification and all these things, um, purging, yeah. uh, or, or um, how is it? Yeah, purging, purging like old, people, your yeah. data, yeah, like removing people who've passed away, obviously, and people who've moved, moved out of state, that. all that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, I mean, we live in the 21st century, like it's the year 2021 now, like how hard can it be to keep 
database is updated. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's one of my biggest like frustrations with governments regardless of where they are is, is how technologically like they're lacking behind oh. like yeah. like and how like yes they're like i know the defense like technology or like your um uh, intelligence communities like as like your state of the art but then when it comes to actual government administration like it's just like it feels like they're stuck like two decades in the past yeah i remember Yeah, there was, so there was, years ago, um, I worked for, I was a civilian employee with our Department of Agriculture, mm -hmm. one of the agencies there, and I met a guy at a training who had done contracting work for a different part of our government. He, I think he was a trained civil engineer, and he had said how, how at this, this other part of the government, how slow their machines were just to open AutoCAD for him to do, you know, start the assignment or the, the, uh, the project. Um, whereas with USDA, he's like, I'm using a more upgraded version of this and that, and it's faster and all this stuff. And um, all that, all that to say, like, you would think, you know, um, I think sometimes it's, you know, bureaucracies always aren't the best at managing things well. Um. And um, standardization, I know that there is, there is, you know, there are attempts at standardization, at, you know, within the federal government, all that stuff. And sometimes it works very well. Sometimes implementing it is very bumpy, but even, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Western democracies, like, suffer from, like, bureaucracy. And I think bureaucracy, in a way, you know, is that, obviously, like, I know, you know, regulate stuff with needs to be regulating and then also like keep safety standards high and things like that but i think over time like you've got like layers of like different legislation it's just built up and create this yeah. like this like web of red tape yeah. and what needs to be almost done is something like people need to i know an organization needs to sit down with the government and review everything and like so like all those like layered up ones be like okay like let's sort through this and like you'll condense it down to like simplify it where it still covers and regulates everything that needs to um but where it's just simplified down to just like um your that values efficiency yeah. as well as yeah exactly uh, relevance um, in terms of law yeah yeah um because i think at the moment that's one of the biggest struggles and i think uh you know it's costing government so much money as bureaucracy is just it's just crazy but Anyway, I think I think that's about it. Uh, thanks yeah. so much for your conversation. It's been great talking to you. Uh, I think we'll, we'll end the podcast there. Hey guys for listening. If you'd like more content like this, please subscribe. And if you're on YouTube, uh, please smash that like button and leave a comment below. Thanks. Bye.